So, what did you think? Oh. Uh, yeah, it was alright. Don't really have too much more to say about it than that. It's, like, it's okay, it's not bad. It's not fantastic. It's just, you know, okay. Okay. What do you think? I think I can relate in so many levels with this movie. Okay. Mm. I guess we'll find out about that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Welcome to Till the Movie Do Spy, a movie discussion podcast between one married couple in our late days. Ed from Australia who likes watching movies, and Bibi from Colombia who likes arguing about them. We will discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences of our movie-going adventure as a means of breaking down the films that are significant to us to hopefully help avoid breaking up our marriage. Will we succeed? There's only one way to find out. While there are many excellent films that depict the struggles of motherhood, there seem to be less of those that focus on fatherhood. Early examples would include classics such as The Kid with Charlie Chaplin, Ozu's An Autumn Afternoon, Paper Moon with Ryan O'Neill, and of course, To Kill a Mockingbird with Gregory Peck's heroic Atticus Finch. More recently though, such films have largely tended to be comedies that focus on the apparently inherent unsuitability of men for this situation. Think of Michael Keaton in Mr. Mum or Adam Sandler in Big Daddy. There have been exceptions, the most notable of which is probably The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Still, Movies about fatherhood typically rely on stereotypes of male domestic incompetence to provide laughs that, while not always unfair in their assumptions, tend to rely on the same sort of gags and so become increasingly predictable. The new Netflix film, Fatherhood, starring Kevin Hart, essentially continues this tradition. Refreshingly, though, it does make an effort to treat its subject matter with a little more maturity. Hart plays Matthew, a recently widowed father of a baby girl, who has to grapple not only with the new baby, but also the aftermath of his wife's sudden death. This includes sparring with his mother-in-law, who initially seemed set up to be the villain of the piece, but thankfully proves to be simply another flawed human being grappling with unexpected tragedy. Matthew also needs to make a success of his career while caring for the baby, and then eventually navigating new romantic terrain as his daughter ages into early teenagerhood. That essentially describes everything that happens in the film. Hart is actually quite good in the role, and you can tell that this story, which is based on real events, means a lot to him. He also happens to be surrounded by an excellent supporting cast, including Alfred Woodard, Lil Rel Howery, Wanda DeWise, and Frankie Faison, who are able to elevate this material to heights that it perhaps doesn't warrant. It also doesn't shy away from Matthew's wife's death and the sadness and difficulty surrounding his efforts, to deal with his new circumstances. Fatherhood is certainly not a bad film, but it doesn't come anywhere near the greatness of some of the earlier films mentioned before. And that's all right. Not everything has to be a classic, and certainly not every film we discuss on this podcast is going to be either. But if you're looking for a nice, largely feel-good way to spend a couple of hours in front of the box, I don't think you'll be disappointed with fatherhood. Today we are going to talk about Fatherhood, a movie that we watch on Netflix. Um, do you want to go straight into the categories? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's fairly quick again. Like, it's the same two categories, social importance and relationships. That's really for us, for our, you know, seven or eight categories that we got. 
it's the only two that, in my opinion, it's the only two that it falls under. Yeah. Well, it doesn't fall under any of the others. It's not a moving movie that's meaningful to us. We, neither of us, have, neither of us have seen it. Oh uh, well, actually, it could be a little bit meaningful well, to no, me the because movie I itself, relate. Yeah, yeah, but that's the movie itself. You hadn't seen the movie, yeah, so true. meaningful to us means that that particular movie is meaningful to us for some specific reason, not mm. because of what what's in it. Like much ado about nothing. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah. Okay. So it's not that. It's not ambiguous. It's not homework category. It's not a guilty pleasure. Um, it's not classic. And it's, it's definitely not an undisputed classic. So it's just those <laughs> two. Someone will say that you didn't watch, you didn't like this movie. It's not that I didn't like it. Like, it's it's an enjoyable enough film. It's not a bad film. But it's, you know, um, you know, it, it's just a, a solid, like, if we, if we were going to give out star ratings, like Hugh brought up star ratings last week, like out of five, this would be like two and a half, three, something like that. It's it's right bang in the middle. It's a nice film. It's got a nice message, but it didn't blow me away or anything. Hmm. Okay. And it, there there was one or two things about it that sort of just little things that I found a bit sort of aggravating and annoying. But Why? Well, yeah. we can get into it later. But, um, um, yeah. Like, again, it's not a bad film. It's not bad. It's just not not awesome. It's just a good film. Okay. Uh, do you want to give us uh, like a, a short description of what the movie was about? Well, Kevin Hart plays a um, a man whose young wife, the, his wife is pregnant. She has the baby and very soon after the birth, the wife dies. So he has to bring up this little baby girl all by himself uh, as a single father. And it, um, <clears throat> it 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 goes from there and just progresses throughout the years and sort of takes. Um, there's a bit of a jump um, at a certain point from the film, from when the, the the girl is still a baby, and then it jumps to when she's you know seven or eight or something like that. So it's just about those two different times in his life raising this kid and you know um, <clears throat> how he um, develops as a father and as a person and. You know a little bit about his relationships with his wife's family and and that sort of thing and you know he um he meets up with uh or he develops a, a romantic relationship with this uh, other woman uh in the second part of the film and that's pretty much it okay i want to ask you something mm. do you think that he actually had time to grieve Oh, probably not. No, and I think that's sort of obvious. Like he's still. Uh, I mean, we only watched the film. When was it? Yesterday or the day before? And I'm struggling to remember parts of it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think you know it's pretty obvious that he didn't have time to fully process his grief um, with his wife dying because he, <clears throat> he just had to go straight into to dealing with this kid, even though you know his mother was there and the 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 wife's mother was there. Um, sort of helping him and, and, and whatever, being involved, um, he decided that he was going to take on the responsibility himself and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, so, no, I don't think he did have time. Well, actually, it is really funny that you said that because there were a lot of things that it struck me from this movie. Mm. So one of the things is that he definitely never grieved, like had time to grieve. Mm. 
uh, because everyone was on top of him, saying to him that he was not that he was not going to do good as being father and mm. raising this child. Mm. And it's interesting because on one hand, if the situation was reversed and it was the woman being a widow, um, first I think all society will say you are strong, you can do it, you know, like the opposite. Mm. But hang on. But the other thing is that the moms will never try to take off the child from her. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. But like in this instance, it's made pretty clear that he's not, um, he's not really like, he's a guy that you would not automatically think is going to be suitable father material. Well, but like no one really. So it wasn't. It wasn't a, a case of society saying, "Well, you're a man, so you're really not up to the job." It was more of a case of this particular family unit <clears throat> recognizing in him that, and the guy said it himself. Kevin Hart, his character, what's his name? Matt says it himself that he he wished it was him that died because he knows that his wife would have done a much better job. Yeah, but like, obviously, like uh, what I mean is that as a woman. As a mom, mm. there is something that clicks on you when you become a mom. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes like a second nature. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we know all. No, well, of we just like, we just try to read, like, we kind of read better, like, the signs and the children and whatever. Mm. And with more children, we get more experience. Yeah. But, and also, you have more, um, when it comes to kids more, what was there? It was a line there patience. about patience and um, there was another quality mentioned in that little line of dialogue. Well, it's not that. about us. It's about the children. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like like for the status, like, for example, in the, you know, in, the, in that situation reunion in his house after they bury the wife. The wife. Yeah. Um... Like, people don't know how to, like, say, like, people don't know how to talk with someone that is grieving. Because yeah. the kind of comments, they were kind of harsh. Yeah. Um, but also, I feel like if it was the opposite, so if it was the other role, the situation will be totally different and it will not be special. Because at the end of the day, there are many women that... They are not even qualified to be single moms, mm-hmm. and they do it. Mm-hmm. And something that struck me there is that I always said that you never know how strong you are until you are forced to be strong. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those situations. Mm-hmm. And and it really struck me because I have to say something. When we have our first son. Uh, it was it was a mixed situation during the birth because he was born naturally but i how can i say that well you didn't the um the placenta i think it yeah. was, didn't all come out uh, the, the with, placenta with the didn't come out mm. and i had to go to surgery mm. and i remember i remember like it was yesterday how how scared i was to go to surgery and never woke up again. Mm. 
And actually, I screamed something to you, remember? Yes, I remember. Like, don't let me die and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Yeah, but like, obviously, nowadays, mm. uh, having a child is not a major risky procedure, but it still happens. Mm. Mm. So, can you in a moment, in that moment when she dies, did you see yourself like... Obviously, I didn't die. Obviously, mm, I'm talking mm. right now. But what will happen if that happened to you? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, mean, I sort of, I didn't think about it too much, but it sort of flashed into my mind. Like, I mean, um, actually, n not while I was watching the film. It was probably after the film, like just thinking back on it a little bit, um, you know, knowing that we were going to do this this podcast. Um. And it did sort of strike me just like, because this is actually based on a true story. Oh, yeah. okay. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I cannot imagine what uh, what the man must have gone through or what anyone, like man or woman, would, would go through. Well, in, in this particular situation, obviously, because the woman would, would pass away what what the man would be feeling because you know it's it's such a big deal to have your first kid and it's a bit overwhelming and it doesn't really sink fully sink in and then basically the next day his his wife passed away just like that like all of a sudden it, yeah i putting trying to put myself in that situation um it, it, it would just be I honestly don't, I, I can't process it. I, like, I don't know how you'd be able to cope. You would have to um, because, you know, someone, well, for me, like in my position, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a, a pretty supportive family and, a, a, you know, a little small um, support network and that, that I would be able to rely upon. Um, but not everyone would have that. And, you know, if, if, you were in a situation where it was pretty much just you by yourself and you didn't have anyone to rely on. I, I, I don't know how you'd pair on. You would presumably find it within yourself to be able to do it somehow. Um, but wow, what, 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 a, what a thing to have to go through. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because, like, you really don't understand how like how precious is the time that you have mm. you know like mm. um you are here right now and mm -hmm. you are talking to me but then like we really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow mm. and that's something that i always kind of think too much yes yes you do yeah i know but that's why i do things that other people don't but what we were talking, for example, yesterday, you don't have to guess what would I want if I'm not here. Yeah. So, do you remember this little situation that we had before number one was born and then before number two was born um, with a promise you made me? Mm. What was that? Are we seriously going to do this on the podcast? Yeah. Well, it was... Because now I feel on the spot. Like, if I can't remember everything about the promise, I'm going to feel like an idiot. Um, well, it is basically that I would 
not let them um, forget you, that I would make sure that they continue to have contact with their Colombian family and they don't lose that Colombian side of themselves um, and that I keep them safe. That they are, like, if you met anyone else, they oh, come after. Yes, of, yes that's right. If I met someone else, that my boys would remain my priority. Exactly. Yeah. Now, why that was important to me? Because most of the times we really don't know what the other person would like. We just assume. Yeah. And this movie is based on that. They all, all of them, the mom, the the husband, everyone was assuming what she would want, you know? Oh, she would want um, the kid to be with the grandmother. No, that, I'm pretty sure that wasn't what she wanted. And who made that assumption? The grandmother. Did she? Hmm. Oh, okay, I don't remember that. Um, or she would want to the kid the, the kid to grow up in you know where they were living mm, or and whatever. to go to that school and... and to go to that school and 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 always was like acting on what my wife my dead wife would want for my kid mm. and that's a pretty critical assumption because you can make decisions that actually not they are not that accurate. Mm. It's like yes, I can I want my my kids to be the next president of whatever. But that's just now. But only the experience and the time that we live will tell me if they are going to be politicians or maybe they are going to be street artists. Who knows? Mm. So living living through those expectations are pretty dangerous mm -hmm. and really hard mm. because they are expectations that no one really has. Yeah, no, that's true. But <clears throat> I think in, in such a circumstance, like it would almost be unavoidable to, um, uh, for that, to, for that to, to not crop up, like, um, or for that to crop up, I should say, because everyone, you know, um, I think, Obviously, their first priority would be for the well-being of the baby, but there's probably the second priority for everyone would be to make sure that, you know, um, whatever they thought that the person would want to make that a priority. Um, because it's just natural. Like, you know, you want to honour their memory. You want to uh, make sure that, you know, their goals and aspirations sort of didn't fall by the wayside because they passed away or whatever it's i think it's just human nature I, but i also think that it's human nature depending on the personalities involved um to let their own biases sort of come into that um and that's sort of there's a there's part of that in there in in the film um which, which i think is realistic i mean i was a bit worried when i was watching that they were going to turn the um the the wife's mother Kevin Hart's mother-in-law into like almost like a villain of the film. At the start, I thought, oh, there's going to be arguments. <clears throat> and it didn't. There was a bit of that running through the film, but it not. It, it wasn't a detriment. But the thing is that both are grieving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and people <clears throat> deal with grievance in different such way, a yeah. different ways. Mm. You know, like... Um, the other day when we were watching that series, Sex, Sex Education, mm -hmm. 
um, a lady lost the cat. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and she has this <laughs> incredible energy, sexual energy. And the guy in the boy says, well, maybe she's just avoiding mm. her, her grief. Right. Um, using this as a as a as a distractor, mm. she is really grieving, mm. and you will not know. Mm. You just say, "Well, this woman just want to go crazy, right?" Mm. Well, exactly that point. He didn't have any time to sit down and say, "I lost my wife," because he had a newborn child. Mm. With everything that happens with a newborn, you know, mm -hmm. like the every two hours, yeah. the runny poos, mm -hmm. um, the bottles, the crying, the white noise. Yep. And and on top of that, he's got to work. He has to work, but also on top of that, he doesn't have that motherly nature mm. that gives us those that sixth sense mm. with the kids mm. to women. Mm -hmm. He didn't have that. And also. He has society telling him that one, he is not going to be good at that, and that kind of exclude him, because he, when he goes to that mother's group, immediately they say, "No, this is a mother's group," and he was like, "Sorry, this is a parents' group." Yeah, that was a good saying, actually. Exactly, because it's true. Mm. Like. Yes, women, we are clueless when we are first-time moms, but men as well. Oh, yeah, more so. Mm. Yeah, like, no arguments there. So, those are my interpretations of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah like I say, it, like it, it, it poses, or it's about something that's very, very full-on, um, and, and it... it deals with them um, adequately, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good film. It's it's not wonderful or anything like that. It's it's a nice film with a nice message. And it's exactly the sort of thing you expect to find on Netflix or any of the streaming services. Oh, you know, what are we going to watch tonight? This looks like it might be okay. And then pretty much you've sort of forgotten about it, you know, not that long after you watch it. But it didn't strike you like... You really struggle with, you know, like, oh, well, not really, really, but you kind of struggle when you become a first-time dad. What do you think? Well, <laughs> like, changes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like, you still have struggling when you want to watch a movie and you can't because the kids are, you know, awake or, or that you want to read a book but they want to go out and play. Mm you want to go to the shops and just be you know in in the bookstore or in the dvd shop or whatever and we come because we have the kids mm. so i want to know did you see anything there as a father in that struggle that you saw in the movie did, did it touch any any oh uh, well Sort of, yeah, but like, um, I didn't, I, I was sort of regarding it more as a film, like, if it maybe it was a better movie, um, you know, I would have been drawn into it and I would have started considering those and putting myself more into those, those situations. But as it was, like, I just sort of watched it and, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's, oh, wow, um, pretty full on uh, situation and, 
laughed at some of the jokes and some of the situations that came up and some of the lines and whatever. Um, but it didn't draw me into the extent that I was really considering, you know, what would I do if that happened to me or, you know, think about my own life in any way, in, in any sort of deep or um, lengthy way. Uh, not really, no, it didn't have that impact on me. But like talking about it now and, and thinking about it a little bit more in preparation for this podcast, like I said before, like I don't know that how I would have gone if, if something like that would have happened. I think I'm, as I said before, lucky that I've, I've got a bit of a support network there that I would have been able to rely on and I would have forced myself to, to do it. But, um, you know, would the kids have turned out as good as they have, like with the both of us now and the support that we both had, you know, particularly with your mum and, and all that sort of stuff? Would they have turned out as well as they have if it was just me with them? Pro, I don't know. I, I would say probably not, but it's not something I really want to think about. Mm. Is there any movie like, you know, your classics and all of that, really good movies that talk about this stuff? About single fatherhood? Mm. Not well. Possibly. I mean, I can't think of too many. There's a lot of, you know, some divorce movies, but, you know, where, where like the, the couple splits up and, and the man has, you know, got to struggle to make something of himself to support his family or battle to get his kids back and all that sort of stuff. Name Mrs. Delphire. Oh, well, yeah, that's not on the list, but you know, <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer and, and those sorts of things. I can't really think of too many that involve single fatherhood from this sort of perspective. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't think of, it, of too many at all, to be honest. There might be one or two, I don't know. Hmm. That would be interesting to know because, like, usually those classics, they tend to be, you know, like, they are... Um, For example, the 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 Godfather, mm. you know, is about families, but also it's about drugs and and cartels and and these families and you know, mm. um and 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 if you go to like Scarface, Casino, blah blah blah, like they are really good movies, hit, but they are not about these kind of issues. No, of something not. totally different. Yeah. So my point is that. Um, do you think it will be possible to do to use a story like this one and do like a really good movie? Oh, of course, but I mean, um, yeah, I mean, anything's possible. Um, I, I sort of I'm struggling a little bit with that. What you want me to sort of talk about here? No, like. I know that this podcast is to explore, you know, our movie-going adventures in, like, classicals and and really well-produced and high-produced movies and mm. all of that. Mm. And I understand that, like, talking about fatherhood from Netflix is not up to your standards. But my point is that, like, it really, really struck me, not the movie so much, but the situation mm. because i've seen you 
like I saw you become for the first time father mm. and then for the second time um I I've seen all the struggles that you have had with with boys and like you're talking like it's been some massive ordeal and you know I'm lucky to have gotten through it's like no no I'm not deal. talking about that but they are struggles of course yeah absolutely but um, I mean that's universal yeah yeah but like I thought that like a movie like this or not just the movie but the the theme of the movie will touch any membrane on you well yeah it did like you can't help but be moved by it by some of the scenes um you know like it's a confronting thing to look at like even in a sort of a like a pg type film like this but you know i it, it didn't for whatever reason didn't draw me in that much to the extent where i was putting myself in the in the in that situation like i just said um if it was a you know a more I don't know, a film of better quality, maybe I would. Again, it's not a bad film. It's just not an exceptional film. Um, so, no, I, I didn't... Um, it didn't, like, touch me as much as it obviously touched you. Because I saw, like, there were times there where you were, like, you know, weeping and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, really? You're getting that sort of worked up about it? Like, yeah, it's a nice little movie. I pretty much weep when, like, she died. And mm. it was because it brought me back to, you know, like, that moment when I was leaving the room and I screamed at you, please don't let me die. Yeah. <laughs> and that fear that I have of not being able to see my boys grow mm. and and stay with them in every single moment of their lives. Mm. And, you know, like, that's that's probably my worst nightmare. You know, like, dying and, and be one of those many cases where the kids has to grow with without a mom yeah oh look and like i think this is just one of the differences that we have as people like you um and and it's for good and bad for both of us like you you don't focus on these things but you you sort of worry about them a lot you worry about you know um uh, hypothetical negative situations where you know you die or i die and you know what happens with the kids and blah blah blah, blah. And, and I, it's not like I make a deliberate effort not to think about those stuff. I just don't, to, to, certainly to the extent that you do. Um, and again, like, it's good that you do that because, you know, you, you, um, you don't take things for granted and um, you, you're more thoughtful about, you know, possible consequences of, you know, certain actions or whatever, whereas... You know, I don't because I don't think about it that much. I probably do take things for granted. Um, instead of enjoying, you know, like uh, times out with the boys or whatever, I find myself getting frustrated if they sort of too noisy or doing stuff or whatever. Instead of actually being in the moment and enjoying it, just the, for being able to enjoy time with them. Um, so that's you know a negative, but a negative of of your sort of. Um, preoccupation with this stuff is the fact that you do are preoccupied by stuff that you perhaps don't have to worry about um, you know so it's it's good and bad it's we're just different like we process things differently however sometimes it hits you because the other day when we move our second one out of the cot you had a moment 
Um, right. So have you been planning this? It seems <laughs> as though this whole conversation really seems as though you've had a few things you'd like to bring up in the public domain, apparently. So, um, no, <laughs> no, not half. No, it's sort of good. You're no. getting that nervous laugh because <laughs> you know you're in trouble. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just that mm. I understand that, like, I'm more in connection with my feelings and my emotions. Yeah. But sometimes they strike you. And you had that moment. I do did. you want to tell us a little bit? <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, yeah, so the other day, it's been what, two or three weeks now? Mm. A little bit longer. Um, we, Oops, our second, our second son, um, or our younger son, Santiago, um, we took him out of his cot. Like, um, he stopped sleeping in his cot. He was outgrowing his cot. So we got rid of that and put him into his, um, his new bed, um, that at this stage is just a big double mattress that we've got sitting on the floor. So he doesn't, if he rolls out, he doesn't hurt himself. Um, but that's his bed now. And we went through the same thing with Raphael when he was about the same age and now we're going through it with San Diego. And anyway, on the afternoon or the morning, we did that in the morning. We got rid of the cot and got the bed set up in the morning in time for him to have his nap. And I took him in for his nap and it was just a normal sort of situation, but I just lost it. I started weeping uncontrollably and getting very, very emotional. And I was thinking about, um, like movie what what movie scenes was it one was raising arizona. arizona the end of that and then the other one was i think it was about you like if something happened to you but it was from a movie like if you weren't here if you passed away or something what was it it, it was definitely a movie i'm positive mm. it was um Anyway, it'll, it'll come back to me. And, but for some reason, like those, I was thinking about those two movies and, and those scenes or whatever, and I just lost it. I was like crying, you know, under my breath because the kid was trying to go to sleep. I didn't want him to <laughs> sort, of, sort of start sidoing. What the hell is going on with him? Um, so anyway, he finally went off to sleep. Um, and then I came outside. And you saw me and you're like, well, what's going on? What's the matter? I'm like, oh. And I just, yeah. So I told you what I was thinking and, 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 but it didn't occur to me that I may have subconsciously been, you know, emotionally triggered um, by the fact that, you know, our kids are growing up. They're not baby. Well, Santiago is probably still a baby, but he's growing up and it's going by fast, fast, fast. Um, and that was probably what, what sort of set it off, the fact that, you know, we're, we're not going to have these moments ever again. Um, and, yeah, so, so I guess, like, even though they, I mean, they're my kids and I love them, you know, and I'd do anything for them. I'd die to protect them and all that sort of stuff. Like, every parent, you know, probably feels the same way. Um, but, you know, like, they annoy the shit out of me most of the time. <laughs> like, Raphael is, he's, you know, he's loud and noisy and now he's starting to get like this attitude and argumentative and Santiago's a friggin' maniac. Like he's, <laughs> he's like evil Knievel. He's jumping off stuff. He hurts himself. And then five seconds later, he's doing it again. 
you know, so it's um, they're their kids, um, and and yeah, so because I don't always stop and smell the roses, like this just, just stuff just sort of builds up, and occasionally I guess you have re- moments of realization, and and then things really hit you. Um, that was one of those moments. Watching Fatherhood was not one of those moments. <laughs> um, I think that was clear yeah. <laughs> since the since the beginning. Um, so yeah, look uh, to answer your question. Um, it, no, it, it didn't really hit me in in any way um, or any sort of uh, meaningful way. But you know, it, it deals with a situation that is. Um, must have been very confronting for the person uh, in real life who who had to go through it and everyone else that that has to go through this this sort of stuff and like you were saying before like it can happen to anyone you know there's obviously there's no guarantees in life so maybe well i was going to say maybe something from that i can take from this movie is that i need to um stop taking things for granted and it's true but like it probably won't happen because it's not realistic it is realistic, and you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway. Mm. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, being a parent is. We process this movie completely differently. Like because it hit you emotionally, you're sort of you want to talk about the, the themes and how it made you feel and how it made me feel and putting ourselves in the situation of the characters all this sort of stuff. But it didn't hit me that way, so I'm not actually processing on that level. I'm just sort of more, you know, trying to nitpick it and um, talk about it uh, critically rather than sort of emotionally or intellectually. Mm. Um, you know, and I guess... But that's, that's the difference between you and yeah, me. Exactly, like, exactly. I, I never watch a movie just because it's a highly acclaimed movie from the critics of New York or whatever. I just watch movie because I'm attracted to the to the the subject of mm. the movie, mm. and I always tend to take messages that like a lot of people they don't see it, mm. but they are there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I for me, it was a movie that really struck me because um, <clears throat> it's not just that I'm a mom. Um, and I have my kids and I worry about if someday I'm not there to see them grow, what will happen. But also I could appreciate a little bit more my mom mm. because my mom was a single mom. And I remember that, well, no, not for my whole life. Um, she met my dad um, when I was two years old. But I remember that there was something that in the movie really, really hit me. And it was when he decided to broke up with Swan, with the with the woman, because he wasn't there when the kid got hurt. And there was something that my mom always said to me, like always throughout my childhood. And it was that I was first, that if... Mm, her partner didn't like me mm. she will not be with the partner mm. because i was first and i think that unfortunately no all the parents do that and it's something that 
a lot of like it it, it should be it should be the rule mm. the kid is is powerless and if someone else comes and and takes everything from that little person mm. and the person that should protect you is not there then you know what will happen mm. and and I think that made me appreciate a little bit more my mom because okay. she was with me more than with anyone else. Mm. Yeah, I can see, like, you know, I wouldn't have thought to, um, you know, think about things on that, on those sort of terms. I mean, you know, like it may have led you to think about that sort of stuff, but there's really none of that, <coughs> excuse me, there's none of that sort of stuff in the film. Like the only other... Um, sort of uh, romantic um, possibility in the sort of regard you're talking about that comes into the film is Swan. And she's absolutely, like, it's plainly obvious she's absolutely no threat to to the daughter in any way, shape or form. And, in fact, she's would be a massive positive. And the film is very, very clear about that, basically from whenever, um, from the moment that character comes into the film. So it, it, there's no real dramatic tension there. No, no, no. Um, but it, it kind of reminds me to those moments. Yeah, okay. It's just... Um, I think that, like, sometimes... I always said that we see the world through our perspective. Mm. Whatever we see, we only see it. Mm. No one else can see it. And our perspective is based on our experiences our past, our learnings, you know, everything. Mm. Um, so, yes, obviously they are going to be things that are more home, uh, close to home to me than mm. probably to you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, that's just part and process of the deal, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, is there anything you further you wanted to talk about this sort of stuff? Mm. Well, no. No? Um, yeah, I mean, again, like, there's a couple of, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive Kevin Hart fan. Uh, again, I don't dislike him, but I just, he's not a massive draw card for me. He, he Like, he's pretty funny. Um, is he? I don't understand his jokes. Like, some of the stuff he does is pretty funny. Like, he's, um, you know, um well, the lot of most of the times when I find him funny is when he's sort of like goofy. a fish out, not not goofy, but a fish out of water, or like he feels like he's threatened and he gets a bit anxious and and that sort of stuff. Um, <clears throat> in this film, he really seems to try and be um, upping his acting game. You know, um, he there's a couple of big emotional scenes, obviously, and. And he's pretty good. Like, you know, he, he, he sort of makes the most of it. He's certainly believable in the role. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's, again, not, not a massive draw card for me. Um, uh, the, it's a pretty good cast. Like, um, there's Frankie Faison. He's in it uh, as um, as the father-in-law. Like, doesn't really do much, but he's, he's certainly like a, a very warm screen presence in this film. Um, you know, really good actor. Uh, there's Alfred Woodard, who's the um, the mother-in-law. Um, she 
plays the part pretty well. Um, but it's a fairly one, not one note role, but there's not that much to it. Like, um, she sort of, um, for me, when I was watching the film, she starts out like, you know, she's going to be like the, the villain of the piece, like the mother-in-law. Uh, yeah, like, you know, the evil mother-in-law who wants to take the baby away and constantly putting down, you know, doesn't believe in him and all that sort of stuff. And, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's a bit of that, but as the movie goes on, there's they, they still clash and everything, but by the end, they're, they're basically okay. So that's all right. The um, the best friend um, is... I hate that guy. <laughs> he's sort of funny. Like, he's good comic relief. He's, I think, what's his name? Lil Rel or something like that. He, um, I don't know what, what his story is. I haven't looked into him that much, but he was, he's in Get Out. He's the guy. He's in Get Out. Yeah. He's the best friend who's always on the phone. And, um, he's the guy that says, there's sex slaves, sex slaves or whatever. He's the funny guy in Get Out. We'll have to watch that again for this podcast. Uh, Jeez, that's a good movie. (laughs) Um, anyway, he's in that. Um, and then, of course, the the big one for me was um, the lady from um, She's Got to Have It, the TV show <laughs> She's Got to Have It, and who got uh, and who yeah, who you recognised? I didn't even recognise it. What's her name? The Wonder Wise. The Wonder Wise. Wise. That's right. The Wonder Wise. She's awesome. Like even in this film, like it's really it's it's a pretty nothing part that she's got. She's just this, you know. Um, basically uh, um, too perfect to be true character, really. Like she's, you know, open-hearted, she's welcoming, she's understanding. And then, of course, you know, that incident happens where the girl, the, the daughter falls off the monkey bars or whatever and hurts herself and Kevin Hart freaks out. So, okay, whatever. And then, you know, sort of says, oh, I can't be with you because... Like, I know that scene touched you, but for me, it was really on the nose. And I thought it was just ridiculous that... Cheddar. It was. It was cheddar. It was real cheddar. Um, but, yeah, so, but anyway, by the end, they make up in another sort of really cheesy scene. But she's such a, like, a dynamic and magnetic screen presence. I I, I don't... I mean, I'm sure she's been in lots of other stuff, but um, I haven't seen her... her seen her in much other than this and um and she's got to have it and that's such a good show i really really love that show mm. i was disappointed it only went for two seasons um i think by the second season was too much oh no i i could have watched another season or two um it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like it's spike lee so it's it's pretty hit and miss um but i, I really really love that show it was such a good show uh, and she was awesome in it, and um, she does the most of what she's got with what she's got in this in this movie. Um, but I mean, you, you know, you just can't take your eyes off her whenever she's on screen. She's just got that X factor. She really does. Mm. I I recognize her immediately. Yeah, but that's a weird of, thing. I didn't <laughs> because of her eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because as soon she as has you, yeah. those, like, they are really attractive mm, eyes. Mm. Yeah. Like her eyes are incredible. Yeah, they are. They're amazing. And so, and there are some shots that, like, you can see her, but least the the the, the eyes, mm. her side, and mm. it's like, holy moly. Yeah, no, like, she's. I'm not into women, but I really <laughs> like those eyes. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Yeah, so disappointed that she didn't really get to do um, do that much in the film, but very nice to, to see her on screen again. Um, yeah, so th- there was one other part that just a little nitpick that I had about the film that I wanted to just get off my chest <laughs> because it's not only this film. It happens in TV shows and in movies and it drives me nuts. Um, it's the part where it's the sad part where the wife dies and so there's a medical emergency happening <laughs> and the the family member whoever it is is in the room and then so they get start to get shoved out of the room by you know the, the orderly or whoever is there and they start to wrestle and grapple with the orderly like no no that's my wife or that's my you know husband or daughter or kid or whatever no 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 i've got to stay in here no 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 it's bullshit it's absolute bullshit if i was if anyone was in a, in that same situation, get out. You don't know what you're doing. You're not a medical expert. There's it's a, it's a matter of life and death. Get out. If you're getting told by the hospital people to get out of the room, get out of the room. You don't get into a, like a shoving match or like a, a wrestling match with whoever's trying to get you out of the room. Get out. It's so stupid. It's it's a it's a it's a dramatic device that so many TV shows and movies use, and it's lazy. It's like virtue signaling, like, oh, I love this person so much. I'm going to create a big scene and divert resources away from this person just to show them how much I love them. Just get out of the fucking room. Oh, my God. It's bullshit, and it drives me nuts. Well, I have to say something. If one of my kids, Mm. even you, but if one of my kids, that's reassuring. <laughs> He's on the bed mm. and something is happening to them. Yeah. I'm probably going to be wrestling. No, because I don't want them to 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 attend them, mm. but because I want to be there mm. and make sure like is oh it's God. like no living. You'll them be alone. wrestling. You'll be wrestling with me because I'll be dragging <laughs> you out of the room to let the doctors do their job. And if they die, I will kill you yeah okay well we'll deal with that later but get out of the way of the people that know what they're doing just get out of the way it's so dumb but those are reactions no and like it's like it's it's like for example when you have a crush or when you have like a a very high emotional situation Mm. in your life Mm. look when i was teenager probably 16 that's teenagerhood well, it doesn't matter. 16, 17 years old. Mm. I was in in Neiva, mm-hmm. in Colombia, and it was uh, uh, it was mid year, so it was festivities in the town that I was living, and we catch this this car. It was like um like a van, you know, uh, taking all these people to to one of the main. Um, the events for for the festivities anyway we were there and then the car was driving and one of the parts of the car fall while it was driving and then the driver started saying i cannot stop i cannot stop anyway we crash and you know me that when i get nervous i have my giggly laughing stuff well i was pissing myself laughing when that thing happened, so my I was with my cousin and she dragged me out, Viviana, and I was laughing like my 
my tummy was hurting and I was just laughing. Mm. And then, but I was laughing and I was shaking and all of that. And it was my reaction. Mm -hmm. There were people that were running. There were people, like everything happened in such a short time that your reactions are your reactions. So like if I see someone that is that I love in a bed, that is fine, that is talking to me fine, that nothing has happened, that she's she or he is happy. And then suddenly this person falls and then suddenly something happened. That's my reaction. To what? Like, I don't know how I'm going to react. Maybe I just petrify myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe I start laughing. That would be weird, but maybe. You know, so like those are reactions are more and and you cannot say, oh, that's ridiculous. It, oh, it is ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. You cannot control reactions. Vivi, the situation is you are in a hospital. There are doctors and nurses and medical professionals all around you. You and I'm talking about you or me and certainly the character in the film have got no idea about what should be done in that situation. Yeah, but the, the thing Get is that the they, they don't say, look, your wife needs help and she's in a shock or whatever. Oh, Get out of the room. She collapsed. She collapsed and she can't breathe. It's pretty friggin' obvious what the problem is. Get out of the way and let the medical people do their job. I hate it. I hate it so much <laughs> because it's just laziness and it's unrealistic. No, it's not it is. It is completely unrealistic. 99% of the people who are in that situation would get straight out of the way and let the doctors do their very best to try and save their loved one's lives. I mean, how would you feel if you're too busy? Oh, I've got to be involved. I've got to be here. I've got to look, look what's going on, even though I've got no idea what's going on. How would you be if like dealing with your ruckus? they weren't able to actually give the treatment that needed in that moment. That would be awful, obviously. So get out of the way. Okay. Get out of the way. Simple. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I can't I can't really think of, of anything else that I've wanted to say about this film. Look, this doing this was your suggestion. Um, and People that are going to hate <laughs> No, like my suggestion. Peop, no, people are probably going to be thinking that I'm just a, a cranky old sourpuss, and you know they're probably right. <laughs> um, it it just you know um, it, it's a good like I said it's a it's a three star film. It's good. It's nice. It's got a nice. Oh, actually, no, sorry, there was something else I wanted to talk about. Okay. The only other thing I just wanted to very very quickly touch on was the fact that it's, it is based on a true story, and um, originally. Um, it was going to star Channing Tatum in the role. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure whether or not you noticed, but he's actually was listed as a as an as an executive producer no. of the film. Yeah, which I thought was a bit weird. Like, oh, okay. Um, what so, happened? Oh, I don't know. Actually, I, it just sort of he was up for it, and then it just this was way back in like 2016, and then it uh, it just sort of fell over. I mean, that's. You know, that sort of stuff happens all the time over there. Um, fell over and, and, you know, went through um, a couple of years there when nothing was happening. And then it got picked up again by, um, you know, Kevin Hart read it and wanted to get involved. And uh, the Obama, um, the Obama's production company, they got involved as well. Obama. Yeah. Obama is the ex-president of United States. Yeah, yeah, their production company sort of. They have a production company? 
they're bloody oath. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, they, I think they do mainly documentaries and, and stuff, but um, they they wanted to get involved. And the, the only thing, well, not the only thing, but um, and I think an interesting sort of um, um, little tidbit about it all is that the, the guy whose story is based on, it's based on a book that he wrote. He actually, oh, you'd probably find this interesting, he, um, he was a blogger. Oh, he was doing blogging at the time that his wife was pregnant and um, was blogging about it. And then obviously she, it, like it happens in the film, the next day she sort of got up from the hospital bed, hospital bed and fainted and had a pul pulmonary embolism, um, again, which is what she's got in the film. And so he was blogging through that and blogging about, you know, his... Um, his struggles, you know, <clears throat> with his situation and all that sort of stuff and eventually wrote a book. And, um, you know, it's sort of the story progressed from there. But anyway, he's actually white um, and his his wife was white. Um, and that's why Tony Tatum was going to be in it. But um, Kevin Hart picked it up and... Um, and it could not be a mixed race family? No, well, I don't know. They um, The quotes that I read in some of the reviews were about how... Um, both Kevin Hart and apparently Barack Obama liked the idea of, you know, um, making it a story about a, a, a black a black man as like a to become like a, a role not a role model but like um, an inspiration I guess to um, you know for, for black fathers and, and all that sort of stuff. So like it's a it's a nice sort of um, idea in that, but there's just something about like the double standard that, that grates on me a little bit, like. If they want to do that, that's fine. Like I say, it is a good thing. But if it had been a black um, father that had gone through this in real life and then some white actor <laughs> picked it up and said, no, nah, actually, I'm going to I want to star in this. Can you like it, it, the outcry would just be phenomenal. Um, so I don't know that like it's probably like a whole other discussion to get into and, and really one that's not really worth it, because at the end of the day, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like um, Kevin Hart, you know, made the film. He did a good enough job. He's like, he is pretty good in acting. Um, you know, given he's his, believable. He's believable, yeah. Um, and it is, it is a, you know, I guess a nice sentiment to, to try and make um, make this thing a, um, I should probably find the quote actually. Like I don't, I don't want to paraphrase. Um, just bear with well, me. Will you, will you look there? Um I think what you said is interesting because nowadays it seems like there are no shows where, like, you know, everyone is white or, you know, there is has to be some sort of, um, even, even in shows that they shouldn't have that much of um, mix, mm. you know, like, for example, a fictional historical shows mm. they are bringing mix when they were not mm. in like, like bridgerton and um, not so mary much bridgerton but like mary queen of scots mm. or um this elizabeth and mary queen of scots mm. or or the the spanish princess mm. like we cannot change history mm. and we shouldn't mm. because that history is what brought us here. Mm. Yes, it's painful. Yes, um, there were a lot of bad things that happened to people. 
but we come back to the same thing. Mm. If those things, they were not that bad, they will not um, result in these changes. Mm. You know, like if women were not mistreated so bad, then nowadays we will not be the women that we are because we didn't have that past. Mm. So we shouldn't change it. Mm. Because we 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 guess we had to stop seeing things like oh mm, those men shouldn't have statues and whatever and we need to break them because they were mean. Yes, that's a reminder, not just the person but the situation that happened and how that in like actually made an influence of all the changes that we have done. Mm. Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. I mean. This is probably what it is. It's way off topic. Um, And it's probably, you know, there's no way that we could adequately sort of um, discuss it in the detail that's required or with the with the knowledge and and experience that would probably be uh, required. Um, I mean, the statues thing, like, yeah, like it is a reminder of of the past of some of the like, particularly, I guess we're talking about, you know, like, um, all the statues that they're, they're taking down in America of like, um, you know, uh, all the generals and the Confederates and that sort of stuff. It's a reminder of that past, but like those statues, when they were erected, they weren't as yeah, a but reminder. Yeah, but that's art. No, I understand then, that. I understand. Then, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I watched a video the other day. It was like a class mm. and it was this teacher saying, okay, so um, talking about like... Um, differentiating art from the person that made that art Mm. so like for example there was this kid saying i don't listen michael jackson Mm. because he was a pedophile Mm. no like um supposedly pedophile but Mm. there are a lot of situations that come up after he's dead Mm. so i don't listen his music that will rest the quality of his music because he was a child molester or you know uh, some artist that kills someone mm. will that so what should we just go and burn all his portraits even though those ones are art mm. and they shape yeah, yeah. some sort of era of yeah. of war of the world yeah yeah so it's those kind of things yeah that, that that's we again we're even getting way off, off <laughs> topic again like that's that's a separate discussion i think uh, and really not one that we need to go into here i don't think okay, okay. <clears throat> but um the um I, I did think it was was interesting um and again it, it's just the double standard like um you know if, if they want to take this and, and make it a black person fine great yeah but i but, don't see doing the opposite exactly and that's what sort of bugs me um and you know like people probably say well you know um, there's been already been plenty of, of white stories about this sort of stuff and, you know, maybe there has or whatever, but I just think that it's just double standards that sort of grate on me a bit. Anyway, um, the Kevin Hart um, gave a, a, a quote to Time magazine about, about you know, the fact that uh, of the situation, he said, uh, the author of the book uh, is a white man, but ultimately the notion that you can build on his story and can create this experience for black fathers that we haven't seen in cinema in many, many years was deeply exciting. And then he goes on to talk about how you know, the Obamas got involved through their production company, saying that, uh, so Kevin Hart said of Obama, 
Um, he really saw the opportunity in this movie for positive messaging attached to a black man being a good father. Um, I think that's, again, that's, that's a really good uh, sort of aspiration because I guess traditionally a lot of films sort of rely on the stereotypes of, of black fathers being bad fathers or junkies or criminals or whatever. Hmm. So I, I guess it's, it is a nice thing to, um, to like, like he says in, in the quote, to um, uh, put out sort of more positive and realistic messaging, I guess. And what about Pursuit of Happiness? Well, yeah, but like that's one film. There's probably hundreds and hundreds no. and probably it's thousands like, of others. It's like Colombian. Yeah, exactly. Like, so he, he's trying to push back against stereotypes and he's using this story um, to do that. And again, it, it's, it's nice. okay. Um, you know, it's just the double standard thing that, that gets a McCraw a bit. But, you know, when you, when you see quotes like that, you, it, it's made with good intentions and with, with a good purpose. So, um, yeah, that, that was just something that I wanted to, um, I, I found interesting because I didn't actually know when we sat down to watch it that it had, was based on a true story. Okay. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of uh, interesting backstory to, to the making of the film to finish up. Wow. Um, well, thank you so much for listening uh, listening this episode. Uh, it has been very interesting. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it definitely moved on some moods or whatever, but um, thank you so much for listening this episode. Um, we have uh, our Instagram account called uh, till the movie that's it uh, you can find us on instagram and if you want to like send us a message or whatever you can do it through there uh yep so that'd be good um so as we mentioned at the start of this episode a lot of the not all but basically all of the movies that we've been doing on this podcast have just basically been the two um, um categories so next week we're going to make a deliberate effort to step away from that. We're doing um, the Sydney Lamets Film Network, which uh, we'll go into the, the categories that it comes under, but at least it's not only the uh, relationships and social importance. Uh, there's a couple of others there that it probably falls under those. So uh, we're widening our horizons gradually. So we'll look forward to talking about that next time. Well, and with nothing else to add, then we say goodbye. See you later. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.